Hey guys, welcome to episode number four of the Mimi B Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and you're listening to the Mimi B Magazine podcast, a lifestyle podcast all on health, relationships, sex, career, and self-development. This podcast is designed to entertain, inspire, and to motivate you to become the best version of yourself possible. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey guys, so today I have Max Lowry, is that how you say it? Lowry, yeah. Lowry with me today. He is a personal trainer, an online health coach, and the founder of the Two Meal Day program, and he's also an author. So (laughs) I brought Max in today, or I'm actually at his office today because I've had so many questions on my Instagram um, about intermittent fasting. And I wanted to ask Max all these questions today about intermittent fasting because I obviously don't know everything about it, although it's been beneficial to me. He's the pro. So hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) You are the pro. You've based your entire business around it. Yeah, I'm alive. You're alive. Yeah, and And my life. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a lifestyle. It's become a lifestyle. And you look extremely healthy and you've changed a lot of lives, a lot of lives. So I'm going to start asking you some questions. So these are my questions for you. Number one, how did you discover intermittent fasting? Really good question. Um, Completely by accident when I was in South America. So previously to my healthy lifestyle that I'm promoting now, I worked in finance. Um, So I've done both ends of the health spectrum. I partied hard. I was going out all the time. I was drinking a lot. Uh, So I've done, you know, I do nothing in half measures, but I quit finance after about four years and I went traveling around South America, as you do, you know, find yourself. Mm -hmm. But I didn't find myself. I found intermittent fasting. Um, I basically just got myself into a routine of eating later in the day. Um, It just, I don't know why, it just happened. I didn't know what it was, but I felt great. I lost the weight that I put on. Uh, in finance and I put on a ton of muscle because I was training at the same time so, so how did you know it was from the fasting because you weren't really well I didn't until afterwards oh, yeah okay. so basically I felt great lost weight um was full of energy all the time I then went back to the UK went back to eating three square meals a day breakfast lunch dinner um all home cooked from scratch uh, I I cook any you know 95 percent of the food that I eat of I, I, I cook 95 percent of the food that I eat yeah um and I put on some weight. I felt full all the time. I was lethargic. I was thinking about food nonstop. So, you know, I qualified to be a personal trainer before I left. So when I got back, I was, you know, building my personal training business. Obviously being in- interested in what, you know, my health, my physique, my performance. Um, I then researched what, you know, what was I doing in, in Brazil that was so different? Realized it was something called intermittent fasting. And that's the first time you ever heard about it. Yeah. So I immediately experimented with skipping breakfast. And that was five years ago. And I haven't looked back since. And you then, haven't you haven't eaten breakfast since? Oh, I guess you I have. Yeah. Like a few times. You could count how many times on, on two hands. Really? Yeah. Wow. And you've really noticed it just makes you feel so, so shitty afterwards. Yeah, it's a noticeable difference. I just feel, um, I feel slow. I, f- I feel I have brain fog. Um, I feel lethargic. And also, I'm just as hungry at lunch as if I hadn't had breakfast. So you're definitely going to end up eating mm-hmm. more, a lot more, especially with the meals that I eat, They're quite big meals. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it was, it's a noticeable difference. That's why I do it every single day. Not because 
I'm forcing myself to because I think it's good for me is because I feel so much better doing it. Mm -hmm. So it's a no brainer. You know, I've actually noticed since I've started doing it, I never get that afternoon slump anymore. Yeah. Ever. I used to get it every single day. I thought yeah. it was just a normal part of life. Well, it's become socially accepted, um, yeah. you know, with food companies creating products mm. specifically for those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is not normal. Like, we are not meant to slump in the mid-morning and mid-afternoon period at all. And isn't breakfast also just something invented by the food industry to make you eat more and to sell you different foods? So I, sh- I should stress, actually, I do eat breakfast. Oh, but it's just later it's on later. the day. Okay. Breakfast just means breaking your fast. I guess you're right. Break fast. Yeah. Um, but the emphasis on breakfast is purely from cereal companies, food man- manufacturers, who have successfully commoditized a meal. Like, they own breakfast. Cereal oh, companies, and how Kellogg's, awful is Nestle. it eating a big bowl of sugary processed cereal as you're breaking up the fast? You know, I think... The issue is, I read a really good book um, that really described the process in detail of how you make cereal. And essentially, it was, it was once a grain that may have had some nutritional value. It then goes through a steaming process, a heat process, a pressurizing process multiple times to get into you know, your cornflake. And through that process, any of the nutritional value has gone, as well as the taste. It's essentially cardboard. So they have to fortify it with artificial um, vitamins and minerals and stuff. And then they, they have to make it palatable by adding sugar. So, you know, even Weetabix or Shreddies, which I was like, oh no, you know, Weetabix, that's good. That's good for you. Obviously it has to have added sugar yeah. in it. As long as it doesn't taste of anything. Mm. So yeah, the big thing with me is I look at food in terms of nutritional value. Um, and those foods do not contain any nutrients. They don't, they seriously don't. Okay, so you obviously switched from a finance party lifestyle, mm. pretty typical here in England to be yeah. in that kind of world. What was your motivation? Was it just after your trip you just felt better being healthy or was it switching um, your career to being a PT? Like, What was your motivation to change? Because I feel like so many people, I, they just, they're in this bubble and they can't get out of it. Even yeah. if they want to be healthier, it's just so hard to change habits. It is. It is hard. Um, well... To be honest, I was a sports scholar at school my whole life up until like, the age of 17 was sport, swimming for you know national level, um, setting records, like nonstop. That's all I ever did. I was kind of doing too much. Um, I got kicked out of two schools in quite quick succession when I was 16, 17 years old. So you were a rebel? I mean, I was I a rebel so. too. It's fine. I got kicked out of camp once. <laughs> so, so uh, North American camp, isn't it? I know. I was like 15. I got caught smoking weed and got kicked oh, out. That's exactly what happened with me as well. Yeah. Um, oh, God. But, you know, so basically I went from excelling at sport and getting that release, that endorphin and dopamine release from sport and to getting it from partying and substances. Yeah. Um, so I obviously have to have that kind of release somehow in my life. So yeah, I, I, I don't, unfortunately I do nothing in half measures. So you're an all or nothing kind of guy. It was pretty full on for a, a number of years. And then I worked in finance for four years and every year that went on, it just got more and more unhealthy. And I, I just got sick of feeling like shit basically all the time. Um, and then many things made me remember who I was before. Um, and I have to stress this didn't happen overnight. This was a really slow process. Um, it took a lot of self-realization, removing myself from from friendship groups. Personal um, growth. And stuff, yeah, yeah, and just reconnecting with who I am and what makes me feel good. And then obviously I quit finance and then wanted to do something that actually helped people and that I was interested in. So everything that I talk about today, whether it's fasting, improving sleep, um, 
you know, breath work, movement, cold therapy, going on hikes and reconnect with nature. These are all tools I've used personally to make myself feel better and to balance out what I was doing before. And I really believe that having had that experience, you know, I can really help people who are, like you say, stuck mm -hmm. in that cycle, especially in London. Like it's, there's no balance in London. It's if yeah. you don't like partying and going out. You don't have a social life. Pretty much, yeah. Unless you hang out with people that do things that you're interested in. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Um, whereas other cities, you know, they're more in touch with, you know, um, at the outdoors. Like you're from Canada, you know, yeah. that's a prime example. Totally. Like, I want to go and live in Canada. What are oh, you doing here? so cool. Oh, God, don't even get me living, started. I want to be Toronto. It's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I love it here. Yeah. And I'm pretty set here now. My life is here. I think Toronto is just a little bit too boring for me as crazy as that sounds i think you would love vancouver or like yeah, you know a bit more there. like the east side i went to halifax um for university for a year so that was also That's pretty cool really east, isn't it? yeah that was yeah. uh yeah super east but i think the west coast is also beautiful yeah. you'd love it lots of mountains my brother's there at the moment nice yeah. very fun so what changes have you seen in your own body after doing this big transformation mm. i mean the main the main reason I started doing it was I wanted to be as low body fat as possible. You know, I wasn't happy that I wasn't as lean as I was. Were when you I was ever traveling. bigger? I... You know, to, towards the end, if I stayed at the finance job, I would have looked like a classic, you know, finance person. You know, a bit of a belly yeah, has the know, beer swollen, after, yeah, swollen. You know, that kind of look. Goes for um, beer after work with their buds every yeah. night. I just I look at photos of back then. I just. I look, I don't look healthy. I look puffy. Yeah. I look like I go out a lot. Yeah. Um, your eyes aren't as clear, mm. you know, you're not as quick. Yeah. So physically, obviously you've gone through a major, major change, but what about like mentally and like the way that your body feels, you know yeah. what I mean? So that's what I was going to say. So, you know, initially it was the whole weight loss thing, but actually the reason I continue to do it is because of how it makes me feel because I have far more energy, you know, the hours in which I'm fasting leading up to breaking my fast, mental clarity is insane. I'm just so switched on. I'm on one stable energy level all day. It's also just completely transformed my relationship with food. Mm. Um, you know, I, I'm i not constantly obsessing over when I'm going to eat or what I'm going to eat. Um, when I do eat, I enjoy it that much more because, you know, I've gone through a period of, of not eating and you just appreciate the food more. And it's just it's just completely changed my life for the better. It's become a way of life so much so that I'm trying to share it with others as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, I remember when I met you two or three years ago, I think it was like three years ago at this point, um, we met through friends and mm. it was, we literally just met that one night out, but then I guess like we followed each other on Instagram yeah. and I kept up with your business and I love health. So I was obviously, I'm going to keep following you because yeah. I'm always so interested in health. So it's just crazy because I hadn't really started fasting since last year. And I'm mm. pretty sure like some other health accounts, including yours though, yeah. inspired me and motivated me to try it out. And ever since I started, it's been like crazy. I mm. feel incredible. I do. A, okay. I have this one thing that I cheat with. What's that? I do have a bulletproof coffee like 14, 15 hours into my fast and then yeah. I'll eat it like 18 hours. Yeah. That's like my general thing. So I just love it. And I wouldn't say that's cheating per se. You're still getting a good 14 yeah, hours in. Like exactly. This. But, and I know it's fat, so it doesn't spike your insulin as much as carbs yeah. would. And, you know, I always, I, I usually have it right before a big workout and it yeah. just gives me the energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love coffee. I could go a few days without it easily, mm. but I just really love the taste and I love the routine of it. Yeah. Um, so that's my one thing. I know you're going to say no, no, it's I'm not, not totally clean, but... No, no, not at all. 
Really? Um, so it's fine? No. So for instance, I get asked about this a lot with Bulletproof Coffee. People ask me, does it take you to the fastest state? Yes, it takes you to the fastest state, but it won't stop you from using fat for fuel. So you're still going to get mm-hmm. lots of benefits of, you know, stable energy levels and um, not feeling so hungry all the but time. But it's, it's not, you're not burning your own fat, you're burning the dietary fat. No, no, you will, you'll be, you'll still be in ketosis, basically. It won't take you out of ketosis, yeah. so you'll still be burning your own body fat. Um, oh, so, sweet. you know, that's not, it's not, it won't necessarily negate everything. I personally don't drink, use it. Um, just because I feel fine not doing mm-hmm. it. Um, coffee, on the other hand, caffeine is there's loads of health benefits. It's it's a good thing, but when you become dependent on it, that's, that's not it. a good thing. I know, I I know. It's my one my one bite. You, know, you say you go through a few days without. I it. can do it with yeah, a few days, but I do feel best when I have it, and I do buy like the best quality yeah. myto. Wait, what is it? Mycotoxin free well, coffee. Yeah. So it's like mold free, tested. Um, the best coconut oil, MCT oil yeah. blended with like maybe some cinnamon or vanilla powder. And it's like the best thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt if you were going to have that to start your day, yeah. that's a hundred million times better than a bowl of cereal. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, yeah, so, you know, one of the questions that I want to answer really quickly, just because we're on this topic, mm. um, one of my followers asked, what exactly can you have while you're fasting? Um, tea, water, obviously not bulletproof coffee. We just spoke about that, but while you're fasting, are you allowed to have tea? Are you allowed to have pretty much yeah. anything without calories? Basically, I mean, this is quite a complicated answer. I'm going to give a simple answer. Anything that contains any calories will take you out the fastest. So you can have like diet Coke, not that that's healthy. No, but... because sweeteners uh, do release hormones as well. And so, so no sugar alcohols, no nothing. fake sweeteners. Nothing, yeah. Perfect. Just water, sparkling water, uh, green tea, herbal tea, black coffee. Good. Awesome. Um, my last question for you personally, mm. you have so many clients. You are a personal trainer and a health coach. Mm. You've inspired so many people. You've helped a lot of people. Who... Can you tell me one of like the craziest transformations that you've seen one of your clients go through? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we are getting loads of transformations with the meal plans all the time, and you know, and it's not just the weight loss. It's it's like I said, people. So we did a little thing. I got a two meal day community group, and I wrote on there, "What are the biggest changes that you felt aside from weight loss for the two meal day?" People were saying it's cleared up psoriasis, it's <gasps> transformed their relationship with food. Then um, they have le- um, their joint pain isn't nearly as bad. Don't get me wrong; this is purely anecdotal. There's no yeah. research behind this, but people, this is what people are saying. Really? That's what people are reporting. Skin issues, and it may be because they're eating better food in the plan as well. Um, but for me personally, the biggest transformation that I've seen is actually my dad, um, really? who has completely transformed the way he looks, but also the way who he is. Um, so he got into uh, well, he's, he's been trying to lose weight for quite a long time. He's never been really overweight, but he had a bit of a belly. Did all the classic things of you know counting calories, eating low fat, all that kind of stuff, and then got into eating low carb. Got had great results and then eventually after me going on at him he started incorporating fasting and now he's just a completely different person so how many hours did he start with so he just wasn't having you know he was having his breakfast later so he was doing roughly 14 16 hours every day because the benefits i've read start at 14 hours right essentially you know it's gonna be different for everyone but you have stored carbohydrate which is called glycogen and in your liver right in your muscles and your liver okay and that is depleted 
after about 12 hours of not eating any food. It's different for everyone. And then above 12 hours, you start using body fat for fuel. So 16 hours is seems to be the sweet spot for people to be in a fat burning state for a few hours, but then also get enough calories in so they're not drastically under eating on an everyday basis, okay. which is why that number has, has come out. So do you personally do 16, 8? So basically the whole reason I started the two meal day is because I think there's a lot of things wrong with intermittent fasting. Well, the other intermittent fasting methods because they focus on the wrong things. Mm. So they focus on the clock. They focus on counting calories if you're doing the five, two. And the issue with that is if you're trying to make it into a way of life, um, then you're never going to, it's just going to be a restrictive diet because you're getting obsessed over the clock and calories. But equally, for me, the benefits of an intermittent fasting come from being able to listen to your body better. Mm. Um, and that doesn't happen if you're just doing the 16-8, right? And you're counting down the hours until you can eat. You're like, oh, it's 12 o'clock, I can eat now. Yeah. Well, in actual fact, with a two-meal day, you're skipping either breakfast or dinner and you're getting the same thing. You're getting a 14 or 16-hour fast. But by not focusing on the time periods, you're learning to eat when you're hungry. And this is key. Like, this is why it's, you know, it sounds so simple, but actually most people are not eating when they're hungry. They're eating because breakfast is the most important meal of the day. They're eating because, you know, there's snacks going around in the office. They want to take a break off work. So yeah, they go get they're eating because they're bored, happy, sad, angry. You know, every possible reason for eating. But actually, these things don't necessarily warrant eating. And one of the biggest things that people get confused with at the beginning is that just because your stomach is empty does not mean that you're hungry. And that yeah. is... People are always like, what do you mean? Like, we are not meant to have constantly full stomachs all the time. So initially, people need to get used to having, you know, an empty stomach. So yeah, so I try not to focus on the time periods, but I'm getting roughly 14 to 18 hour fast in every day. I do a 24 hour fast once a week, mm -hmm. and I do a 48 hour fast every quarter. Wow. But that is not for weight loss. And no. so I, I don't fast on a day-to-day -day basis for weight loss. Um, I do it, the longer fast I do for it's just a great learning tool to, to understand your body better, to learn to listen to your body, to give your digestion a break. And there's there's potentially health benefits of cleansing and healing the body as well. The oh process God. called autophagy. I've heard like the health benefits to reverse or even prevent diseases yeah. is absolutely absurd. My mom and dad have started intermittent fasting because mm. they read a book about how it prevents Alzheimer's. Oh, yeah. Oh, which which book was that? Oh, I don't know the name of it. Yeah, so it's probably um, the end of, of Alzheimer's. Yeah. yeah, a lot of neurological disorders yeah. um, are caused by... By builds up, by, build up of proteins. Yeah. And basically, what happens if you're constantly eating is your, your body is never having time to repair itself and recover. What happens when you go through periods without eating is essentially your body is forced to optimize. So if you go for an extended fast, like which I'm not condoning for anyone who has a history of eating disorders or has never tried fasting or is trying to do it for weight loss, if you're, trying to, if you're doing an extended fast for those reasons, do not do it. But if you're looking, if you've been doing fasting for a while and you want to try it, essentially above 16 hours, you start, your body starts to look for food or energy from elsewhere within itself. And the first place it looks is damaged cells and damaged components. And basically it creates a little kind of organelle that eats these damaged cells and components. Is this autophagy? Yeah. Okay. And, sell, and turns them into a form of energy. Mm -hmm. So it's called autophagy or autophagy. Um, I like autophagy better. I think, yeah, I'm not really sure. Autophagy no is kind of a random word. the English word. way of saying it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you know, you're forced to, um, 
Basically, yeah, so your body cleanses and heals itself. And this has been known in theory for thousands of years. Every ancient religion and culture has used fasting in some way, shape or form as a cleansing and healing tool. And it's only in the last two years, in 2016, the Nobel Prize for Physiology went to a Japanese scientist who discovered the mechanisms behind autophagy. So it's all very new. It's all very current. There's definitely an understanding in the medical, well, in the scientific community that fasting is incredibly beneficial, but it, we don't know enough yet to filter that into uh, medical use and, and therapeutic use. So like you say, potentially reversing type 2 diabetes, slowing down cancer growth. It's being used for um, treating the side effects of chemotherapy because by fasting for extended periods of time, potentially you are um, rebooting the immune system. And obviously with chemotherapy, you're destroying the Mm -hmm. immune system. It does just make sense though. If you think about it just from a clear slate, if your body's not digesting food, it has time to concentrate on so many other things. Like our bodies are smart. If there's cancer cells, you know, and it has the time and energy, it's going to try fixing that and reversing that, right? But I just want to stress, you know, neither of us here are saying that this is going to reverse cancer. No, no, no. It's just, you know, there's there's a growing body of evidence that suggests that extending an overnight fast has lots of health benefits on top of weight loss. And in fact, it's a more natural way of eating because it's only in the past 30 or 40 years have we been encouraged to constantly graze throughout the day by food companies. Mm -hmm. Totally. Okay, so now Max is going to answer some questions that I got on my private messages on my Instagram. The DMs. On the DMs. A lot of people slid into the DMs <laughs> about intermittent fasting. <laughs> um, so these are really great questions just to kind of learn about the basics. And if you guys want to start trying it out, this, this will just kind of give you all the info. So number one. I've always been told that skipping breakfast is bad for you and that your metabolism will slow down if you don't eat every couple hours. I'm very confused. Yeah, well, I would be confused as well if I hadn't done the research. Um, You know, there's no evidence to suggest that skipping breakfast in particular slows down your metabolism. And the thing with intermittent fasting is you're still aiming to eat roughly the same amount of calories, just in a smaller time period. So that will have little to no effect on your metabolism. But in fact, because of a a hormone called norepinephrine, which is released when you do fast for around 16 hours, uh, your metabolism starts to actually increase. Um, So... Yeah, that is completely untrue. And most of the um, the kind of propaganda based around, you know, breakfast and you can't skip breakfast. As I said, I did a lot of research for my book, all stems from cereal companies and their massive marketing campaigns. The research articles are funded by all these big food companies. But also, not even just research, just marketing campaigns where they say, oh, you can't, you know, don't skip your breakfast. Or, you know, they used to have to say some crazy things back in the early 1900s. Really? And that's when it all started, yeah. And it kind of just like filtered through. Um, and just hasn't you know people are more aware of it definitely um but you know at the end of the day it's just a more natural way of eating you know you're just eating when you're hungry rather than eating because you have to eat because on one hand we've got health professionals you know dietitians nutritionists saying we need to eat less everyone needs to eat less but then a lot of people wake up and don't feel hungry but then they're being made to feel guilty for skipping breakfast so it's like I don't know. It doesn't. It's all so a bit it's crazy. pretty much bullshit that you have to eat every couple hours That's, to keep up your metabolism. Yeah, it's complete bullshit. Yeah, think about yeah. us in like the caveman times. Like we definitely were not grazing all no. day. You have to understand. Uh, you know, it's not that you won't get results, weight loss results from eating six mini meals in a day, but you got to understand what is more sustainable and what is better for the body. Um, 
preparing and eating six meals in a day is going to take the enjoyment out of food. It's also a lot more complicated and you will feel hungry all day mm. if you're eating regularly throughout the day. So that's totally. why I think the two meal day is more sustainable and more enjoyable. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. So how often should I fast and for how many hours and can I do it every other day? So again, this, this depends on the method of fasting that you're doing. You know, if you're doing the five, two, you wouldn't want to do that for more than two or three days. Cause on those two or three days, you're restricting your calories to 600 with a two meal day and all the 16, eight, you're not aiming to restrict calories. Um, although the average person does eat a bit less, even though it feels like they're eating more, which is why it's such a powerful thing. Um, so yes, you can do it every day. I do it every day because I get enough food in. Um, if you wanted to do it every other day, you could do it every other day. Um, I think initially you want to do the two meal day or 16 eight every day so that your body gets used to it. Once you're in that fat burning state, you're, you're breaking down fat tissue and using as energy, then you can incorporate it how you see fit afterwards. And when it comes to the amount of hours that you're doing every day, again, it's a personal thing. You know, the issue with focusing on 16 hours and forcing it is that you're not listening to your body. You know, on rare occasions where I train hard one day and don't eat enough, the next day I will be hungrier earlier and I will eat earlier and I don't feel guilty about it. But, you know, on the days where um, I've eaten too much, I've been out for friends for dinner, I often don't eat till three, four, five o'clock in the afternoon because I don't feel hungry. It's literally just about listening to your body yeah. and being in tune with it. So, yeah, that's great. I personally do between 15 and 18 hours. Sometimes I'll go like maybe once or twice in a month. I'll go like 22 hours or something mm. and I don't even realize it because I'm literally not even hungry. Yeah. And I'll even work out in the morning. Yeah. I don't personally feel ravenous after a workout if it's not nothing too yeah. crazy. Um, I don't really think that I need to eat protein right after a workout. No, you don't. I don't, right? So, yeah, I've read about that. Um, so I literally just... I, I just listen to my body and yeah. it is so empowering and empowering is yeah, the one it word is. that everyone keeps using. It's so empowering. And it's like, I, I'm not the biggest thing for me. I'm not thinking about food as mm. much. I remember like thinking about what I was going to eat for lunch while I was eating breakfast. And yeah. it's weird what it does to your body. It, like changes something in your hormones to just make you not crave things as much. I genuinely like don't even eat sweet stuff that often anymore. I don't. Well, you become more what's called leptin. So leptin is the satiety hormone. Um, so it's involved in making you feel full. You become more leptin sensitive. So it means that your body has to secrete less leptin to have the same effect, which basically means that you are more sensitive to make to feeling full after a meal. And that is why you feel less hungry overall. Well, thank you for telling me the science behind it. I just thought it was like something There's random. lots of different things going on. There's, there's hormonal changes in the body, but also a lot of it is like mental and, you know, getting used to having an empty stomach to, to, to having the confidence to know that you will function, in my opinion, sometimes better without having breakfast and getting your day done, totally. you know, in a fasted state. Um, so yeah, there's lots of different things going on. Yeah, I was telling uh, Max earlier before we started recording that I was in Italy last week and I ate breakfast for a couple of the days because they gave us a really beautiful breakfast at the place we were staying. And I had like generally healthy stuff, you know, some avocado, um, some organic eggs and, you know, some no sugar added yogurt and mm. some berries or something. And it was all healthy and light. And I remember feeling like shit for that entire day. Every single day I would do it. I felt like shit and I felt mm. like so slow and lethargic and just like my brain wasn't working properly. I felt like bloated and just, ugh. So yeah. it really just, and I remember feeling like that 
a lot of days before I started fasting, I was like, oh, this is just how I'm supposed to feel. That's the thing. Yeah. So that's the only, the only downside of fasting is that you become more sensitive to how food affects you. Um, so I often don't break, I used to break my fast with the largest, my largest meal, but then I just feel a bit slow and lethargic mm. afterwards. So I usually have my larger meal later in the evening. But yeah, you, you definitely become more sensitive to, to how you feel when you're digesting food and digestion is a taxing process on the body. So it takes up a lot of resources. Um, totally. So you feel tired and lethargic. Yeah. All right. Next question. Is there an age recommendation for intermittent fasting? Like, is it more useful for 20 to 40 year olds and more damaging for under 18 year olds? So I'm not a doctor, right? I'm a personal trainer, but as far as I know, it's under 18s can fast, but I'm going to tell you not to because it's not that fasting is detrimental to under 18s. It's the fact that under 18s are growing and they need to eat more food. Um, to suit that to, to match that growth so obviously if you're restricting the amount of time in which you're eating food then you may under eat which you don't want so anyone that's trying to do fasting wait until you're 18 um, in terms of age I would say that actually it's more beneficial the older you are um, because it can offset a lifetime of really bad habits but there are benefits at any age and actually the earlier that you get into it um, the better and my dad is a prime example he he is so annoyed that he didn't do this in his 20s and he's jealous of me because i am really? um, on the ball in my 20s wow because you know your body is an amazing thing but you know you can get away with partying drinking you know eating terribly in your 20s but and even maybe in your 30s but very slowly your body will break you will get type 2 diabetes you will get all the common lifestyle related diseases that millions of people are dying from every year alzheimer's um heart disease uh, yeah, as I said, type 2 diabetes, these are all lifestyle induced and over a lifetime of eating, making poor lifestyle choices, these things happen. Yeah. And honestly, to everyone listening that, that are thinking, oh, but you know what? I want to live a fun life. I don't care if, you know, in the moment I'm just going out and drinking a lot, doing coke and smoking cigarettes. Like mm -hmm. this is me having fun. It's like, actually, no, this is not even that fun. Mm. Like maybe to you in the moment it is, but like from my experience doing that is not really fun. It's temporary fun. Yeah. And it's something that you're trying to cover up for other issues that you have from yeah. my experience. Um, so yeah, it, it's really fun to be healthy and feel good. Like I think that's fun. I'm in mm. the best mood when I've been healthy all week and I'm just like yeah. working out all the time. Like you can ask my boyfriend. He literally sees me in the happiest mood after a workout. And then yeah, if same. I go out drinking, if I'm hungover, like he's just like, go work out, yeah. please. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, so as I've already mentioned, I have done both ends of the health spectrum. So I'm not just sitting here and preaching saying that, you know, you're going to be clean and healthy. I have, I have done the worst things imaginable. Um, so, you know, and I'm glad I got that out of my system. And I think to a certain extent, some people do need to go through, you have to go to through, go through that. Yeah. Maybe not to the same extent that I did. Mm. Uh, my parents would definitely argue about that. Um, but, you know, you need to go through that. What happens, the issue is, is when these things do alter your brain chemistry and you, you can become physically and emotionally addicted to these things. And with every other negative thing in the in, in your environment the fact that you're sitting in a desk all day you're never seeing the light of day you're going out and partying you're doing a job that you don't like so you're drinking you know it might seem like fun but actually you're just it might like you said in my opinion it's kind of an escape um yeah and actually you know going from 
loving to party to to loving yourself and and you know the body um, you've been you know. given and it's not like I don't go out and drink I still drink but I yeah. just I have different drinking habits yeah see on your Instagram you love beer I you love, love beer I love yeah. tequila actually I love tequila too but that's I my s- drink of choice but I sip it you know I don't shot it and yeah. I get quality very good quality quantity. yeah totally agree I need to talk to you about that afterwards actually okay fine <laughs> you have some here no <laughs> not here my, uh, my friend uh, has a really really good um, tequila Amazing. Tequila, I'd love to try it. Tequila and Amigo, if anyone was checking out. Amazing. Yeah, I literally um, will only drink tequila on the rocks. A really good yeah. quality. Um, if I ever do drink, and I just need one or two. Honestly, exactly. now, since I don't really drink, I need one or two and I'm good. Yeah. Like, I'm good. And especially because I eat, like, a higher fat, low carb diet. I don't have, like, any main carbs in my stomach to soak, soak it up. Mm. So it just goes right through me and I'm just like, all right. <laughs> well, you know, if it's also you're going to get much less of a hangover if you are sipping on, on something neat. That's clear as well. Um, but yeah, it's just a change in habits. Mm. And like I have, you know, I've got lots of information about this on my website if you're looking to change your drinking habits. But, you know, like you say, you just got to yeah. think, you know, if you if you honestly are having fun doing these things and it's not having any negative consequences and you're not regressing what you're doing, then fine, continue what you're doing. I want to meet you. Where are you? <laughs> yeah, but if you are going and do these things and you can't stop yourself from doing these things and your behavior, you know, negative things are happening when you're doing these things and you feel bad about it the next day, then you should think about changing something and also think about if you kept up this behavior where you're going to be in 10 years write down a list of goals that you have yeah there's just so much to it you know i came to the conclusion a few years ago that i don't want to feel this way i don't want to feel hungover and puffy and not like my body i don't want to feel insecure because i'm always drinking and i just like don't like myself that much yeah and Honestly, ever since I've kind of cut down on the drinking and partying, started doing things that I really loved, I'm more in tune with my true self, as lame as that sounds. I just, everything's changed. I know, but some people think it's lame. You got to kind of make it cool. We got to make it cool. You know, personal growth. It's lame because, well, no, people say it's lame because. It, it makes them think about their own behaviors. Makes and, them feel better about themselves. Well, yeah, you know, for instance, if I go, say I'm going out and not drinking, initially people are like, oh, you're boring, you're boring, you know, like they get quite defensive about it because you're making them think about their own behavior. Yeah. So don't, you know, you don't, um, you know, you have the confidence to say okay. that it's not lame. It's not lame. Yeah, it's not. So, um, yeah, I went through this really cool phase of like personal <laughs> growth and it was so freaking cool. Yeah. And um, it, is. it is really cool. Yeah. And I have so much more confidence. Like I'm literally the person that I meant to be. I speak without thinking before. I feel mm. like I'm just so open and confident. I don't have any like of my insecurities with my friend groups anymore. Yeah. I used to always think I had to do things because people wanted me to. Yeah. So, and by the way, guys, if you're considering um, not drinking as much anymore or not partying as much and you're thinking to yourself, fuck, like I'm not going to have a social life. Like this sucks. I'm not going to have any friends. I'm going to be lonely. It's like, no, find real friends who will hang out with you if you're sober as well and start exactly. doing different things. Like I can't even tell you how much my life's changed and I guess you as well, Max, since stopping this like really negative stream behavior. Mm. You know, you just have to understand if you are trying to, in particular with alcohol and, you know, in London, if you're trying to get out of that perpetual cycle of just smashing it on the weekends, feeling hungover weekend, you know, feeling terrible Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, eventually feeling normal Thursday, Friday, and then going doing it all over again, um, then just know, you know, all you're doing is changing a behavior. You're changing a habit. And at first it's going to be very difficult, but over time, if you're consistent, if you make small changes over a long period of time, eventually you will form brand new habits and they are the norm. And then it's not an effort. 
Exactly. Um, and that being an you have to understand that you are completely in control it's like of with your eating thoughts and emotions. Too. When I started eating healthier and more of like, you know, whole foods, um, higher fat, lower carb diet, maybe the first week it was a little bit difficult because my yeah. body was adjusting. But after, now it's so easy. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, the first initial time that you're changing a habit, it's always going to be a bit difficult because yeah. it's you're changing, you know, how your brain is working, how... Unless you're rewiring Yeah, your you're brain. rewiring your brain. You're yeah. priming your brain to do something different. And 95% of what we do in the day is based from habits. Like the way we move, the way we tie our yeah. shoes, the way we check our phone, like everything is habit-based. So if you start changing the patterns in your brain, you just start feeling life more. Does that make sense? You just start feeling clear-minded and when you make these ha- like healthy uh, habit changes, you know, it's it's just so, again, I'm going to use the word empowering, but it is, it is because yeah. you're in control of your life. Yeah. You know, essentially you're resetting your body to its natural state with the you know, things that I talk about, like, you know, improving your sleep, moving more, breathing, stre- you know, stretching, intermittent fasting, reconnecting with nature. You are resetting your body to the way that it's meant to function. Mm-hmm. Um, the modern urban lifestyle is so out of sync with who we are, our body clocks, are, you know, we're, we're partying all the time, we're not sleeping properly, we're looking at screens all the time. These things are causing a lot of problems. And you, I think a good visualization tool is, you know, if you are trying to change a habit, think of it like it's a new skill that you're developing. You know, for example, when you first start playing the piano, it's incredibly difficult. You don't have the neural pathways in your brain there to play the piano. But the more that you play, the more these neural pathways are formed and they become stronger and it becomes easy, it becomes effortless. Same thing if you're trying to change your drinking habits. You know, initially it's going to be very difficult, but think of it like it's a skill and that the more that you do it, the better that you're going to get it. Totally. And you know what? Start off, if it's going to be difficult for you, start off with, you know, going to the pub with your friends and just having a soda. And people aren't really going to ask you, oh, is that vodka soda or regular soda? You know what I mean? That's what I did when I first started. And I was so, like, nervous of people finding out I'm not drinking as much. I would just get soda and lime. And you know what? You know what I did once? Um, I was on a date last year before I met Ben. Mm. And I really didn't want to drink that night, but like it was a date. So, you know, generally you have to drink on a date. So I went up to the bar and I got there a bit early. And before the guy got there, I went to the bar and I asked the bartender, I'm like, listen, I'm going to order vodka sodas. You're just going to give me soda. You can charge for the full drink. Yeah. I'll probably pay. <laughs> I'm yeah. such a dick. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm not kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you can charge for the full thing. So it's not sketchy, but I'm just going to order soda. And she was like, okay. So that's what happened all night, and I actually did that a few other times. And if if you're not confident enough to do that, sure. But now, obviously, at the place yeah. where I'm like, okay, guys, I'm not going to drink. Yeah. This is me. You know, I'm going to come out with you, but I'm not going to go to the club. Yeah. I'll just go to the bar beforehand, and whatever. This is just me. This is how I am. So if you're really nervous and you kind of want to ease yourself into it, just start. Yeah, give doing yourself like excuses things. and doing things yeah. like that. Yeah, also give you an excuse not to not to have another drink. So, you know, the next morning, say that you have a meeting or you have to go and do something you're meeting your mom you're going shopping with your mama i have a workout in the morning because then perfect people because if you have no if you say to your friends i'm not going to drink if you don't have a specific reason not to drink they will force you to drink they're going to pressure you exactly but actually a really good rule that i stick to is the two and five rule what's that so no more than two drinks in a night and no more than five in a week it's a really really great if you have that in your mind before you go and drink then that's a rule you can stick to whereas if you just go on on a you know and 
if you go out without any intentions and expect things to change and expect things to be different, they won't be different. You can't do the same thing and over and over again and expect different results. And that's Einstein's defi- mm. definition of insanity. Totally. That's it. But you know what? It's hard. Changing habits is so hard. And I remember last year when I wanted to cut down on the drinking, I actually wrote in my journal, I wrote, um, what are my intentions for this night out? Like, how much do yeah. I want to drink? And yeah. I wrote down exactly, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to act. I want to be home by this time because it really is hard to change yeah. it. And it's like your mind can switch in like half a second and you could just end up at the club because you're convinced mm. by your friends and peer pressure and all that jazz. And, and the next day you, you hate, yeah, you had a few drinks and then the next day you hate yourself and yeah. it sucks. Yeah. Anyway, this is so yeah. great that we've just got onto the alcohol and partying topic. I think that's going to be great. Well, you know, it's all, everything that I talk about is all encompassing and all these things tie in together. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a few questions left. Um, this one is, will I still lose weight with intermittent fasting if I don't eat super healthy during my eating window? It's a difficult question to answer. There are lots of different variables in weight loss. You know, it's not just the food that you eat. It's are you sleeping properly? Are your hormones in check? Your gut bacteria, your psychology, your genetics, your habits. You know, there's lots of different variables. So it's difficult for me to answer this. But well, categorically for you personally without knowing more information. But the, the whole, another reason why I started the two meal day is because other intermittent fasting methods do not focus on eating real food cooked from scratch. That is fundamental. You need to be doing that first before you start fasting. Because if you are eating foods that lack nutrients, which you know lots of these fake processed foods do, they are devoid in nutrients, then you are not going to be able to fast effectively because it's only when you start nourishing your body the way it needs to do you realize that you don't need to be eating every five seconds because you're, you're giving your body what it needs? Mm. You know, you look at obese people in the US and uh, they've done studies on this, they've done tests on this, but they are actually malnourished because the food that, even though they are chronically obese, oh my goodness. But because the food that, that they're eating is uh, devoid of nutrients. And wow. this is one of many reasons why they are perpetually hungry. It's because they're not nourishing their body. Oh, so, God. And they're addicted to sugar. To, to yeah, sugar processed foods, which hijacks your brain, your hormones, your taste buds. You know, it's yeah. It's, you're literally a different person if your gut bacteria is off. Yeah, like bipolar disorders linked to having an unbalanced gut bacteria. Yeah, how we're crazy only is that? Just beginning to understand how important it is, but it's incredibly important. Yeah, it's and crazy. eating processed and fake food oh. does awful things to your gut, Kills your you. microbiome. Yeah. Okay. Craziness. All right. So that's great. Um, is there a specific way of eating that you should follow for optimum results? So I think you mean like, are you vegan, vegetarian, keto? Yeah, what's like the best way to eat, um, you know, in addition to doing intermittent fasting? Eating real food. So I, I, we, talk, we spoke about this earlier, but basically, you know, there's a lot of arguments about low-fat high carb you know essentially when it comes to macronutrients it's completely personal it it depends on where you're from your genetics your previous eating habits um so i prefer to eat low carb because i'm white and i'm western european most people a lot of people who are white western europeans do better on a high carb high high fat low carb diet but that's moderate protein or how much protein do you eat not much yeah between 80 and 150 grams um, and compared to most men who train as much as me they'd be like you're crazy um but they and you fully have muscle it's not like i put on four kilos of muscle in the past six months by changing my training yeah wow not changing my diet yeah so moderate um, low protein yeah so the good thing about fasting is that you can fit in any um any it's, it's unbiased you could be vegetarian you could be omnivore you could be keto you could be vegan although i would say with veganism 
it's not that you can't fast. It's that obviously you are restricting your, what you're eating quite significantly, and you do have to put in more thought in t- to make sure that you are nourishing your body and properly. You can do it, of course, but you have to put in the thought. So the issue is a lot of vegan foods are processed too. You know, restricting the time period in which you're getting those nutrients can make things more difficult. But I know lots of vegans who, who are great with it. So this is the great thing about fasting. You know, incorporate what works for you and what's sustainable. That is the right answer, really. Amazing. So you personally eat low carb, high fat. That's what I do. Um, and yeah, it makes me feel amazing as well. Yeah. So when I say low carb, on a on a day to day basis, I'm not eating uh, bread, pasta, rice. Even if it's gluten free, no. Even if it's gluten free, yeah, yeah. it's relevant. The gluten. Yeah. I know. It's, Unless, it even makes it more processed and filled with bad. Well, stuff. yeah. If, if something says gluten free on it, do not eat it. Yeah. Like, do not eat it because it's basically. If, 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 if a food has a marketing campaign, if it has a list of ingredients you don't know, if it says low-fat, gluten-free, then you shouldn't be eating it because it's been made in a lab by men you, or women. You, by thank humans. you. Thank you. By women. <laughs> you know, broccoli does not have a marketing campaign. In it, no, they you know? don't have ads on TV. Yeah. Kale doesn't so, have ads on TV. There's a lot of confusion about what we should and shouldn't be eating. But if you're cooking from scratch for fresh ingredients, you are going to be healthy. Amazing. Okay, so one last kind of question. It's Mm. kind of a question for me. I'm going to read you out um, a message that I got on my DMs, and I want your advice on how to reply to it. Yeah. So the message says, You're promoting eating disorders. Please be more responsible. You're sending an unhealthy message to young girls by talking about intermittent fasting. Yeah, well, obviously I've heard this many times before. I used to get challenged on it a lot more than I do now because I think I've I've got better at explaining it and disclaiming. But yeah, fundamentally, if you are if you have any history of eating disorders, then you need to approach intermittent fasting very carefully um, because of obvious reasons. But, you know, intermittent fasting is nothing extreme. It's completely natural. What's unnatural is the obsession with eating every five seconds, um, which is the current eating culture at the moment. So... You know, essentially all you're doing is extending your overnight fast. Everyone fasts overnight. There are tons of proven scientific, scientifically backed up benefits alongside weight loss. Um, and we're only beginning to understand the, the, um, the benefits from it. So, you know, for someone to say that intermittent fasting um, is promoting eating disorders, you know, of course there might be some people who abuse the process but if you're doing it for the right reasons in the right way you know eating the right foods then there is no uh, reason to suggest that you're promoting you know anything negative it's a positive thing you know as you say it's empowering yeah not everybody has to do it like no, if, not everyone has to do it if you not. see me posting about it and you know that you've had a past with problems and you know eating disorders and stuff like that, then don't do it. Like yeah. if you don't trust yourself enough at that point, then you don't, you're not for, I'm not forcing mm. you to do anything. But I just know from personal experience that I feel like I really used to have an obsession with food. Mm. I used to just love thinking about food, talking about food. Like it was always on my mind. Yeah. And when I've started fasting, that went away. Like when I really got into the groove and I just remembered that, food's there, I'm going to have it when I'm hungry, listen to my body, then I stop obsessing over it. Exactly. You know, don't get me wrong, some people say, oh, I couldn't do it, I love food too much. Oh God, I I love food, you love food. Yeah, yeah. I 
I grow it, I cook it, I, I sauce it. I appreciate it more exactly. when I wait. It's exactly. like the best thing. Exactly. It, t- it adds, you know, you just begin to enjoy the whole process more. You appreciate everything about it. It's a more mindful process as well. And it's, just, you know, whereas eating regularly throughout the day can take the enjoyment out of food. Mm. Um, so, you know, the whole eating disorder thing, you know, I think... As long as you know that myself and Mimi are doing this for the right reasons, um, you know, there's always going to be people that are going to challenge what you're saying. There's not much you can do about that. But as long as you're talking about it in a positive way and you're saying how it's affected you and, you know, it's not necessarily that everyone has to do it and that this is a completely natural thing. You yeah. know, we're not telling you to, to, to take detox teas. We're not telling you to take fat burning pills. We're just telling you to give your digestion a break and yeah. learn to listen to your like, body better. Stop eating at 7 p.m. and start eating at noon or 11 a.m. You know what I mean? You know, even 12 hours is incredibly beneficial. So, you know, there's a guy called Dr. Sachin Panda who's doing a lot of research on your circadian rhythm, mm. which is your body clock. And this is a really, really interesting topic, topic of discussion at the moment. But he's created an app that is measuring, um, so people are inputting when they're eating and what they're eating. And he did a questionnaire beforehand, basically. And most people think they're only eating three meals a day. And they think they're only eating between these hours. But actually, when they start logging it, they're eating up to 12 times a day. And they're eating for 16 hours <gasps> of the day. So as soon as they wake up, they're eating. And right before bed, they're eating. Oh. So even just having a 12-hour break, so... You stop. You finish eating anything at eight o'clock p.m. and you don't have anything till eight a.m. Just having so twelve hours yeah. is so beneficial for your gut bacteria for, to to live in more in sync with your body clock. Um, you know, just to understand how what hunger actually is and to give your body breaks is so beneficial. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I have learned so much in this podcast and I love talking about it. It's yeah, so same. exciting to talk about. Um, if you guys want to follow Max on Instagram and check out his website, do you want to give him the deep? Yeah, so my Instagram is at max.lowry, which is L-O-W-E-R-Y. Uh, that's where... Well, I mean, I do, I'm on Facebook as well, two more day, uh, just two more day, and Twitter, two more day. But most of the stuff is on on Instagram. If you want to find out more information about the meal plans, um, then head over to two meal day dot com. And if you have, you know, you want to get yourself one straight away now, I'm offering um, a ten percent discount to everyone that's listening. So if you just put in Mimi ten, if Mimi you are 10. purchasing Mimi ten, a and how long does this last for? Uh, it's indefinite. Yes, yeah, indefinite. Amazing. Yeah. So if you guys are listening later on. You guys can use it. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. I really, really appreciate this. And let's definitely book in another podcast in the next few months because I think everyone's going to love this. Okay, bye, guys. Bye.